Welcome to Speak the Truth. And before we get into our next episode, I'd like to share with you the 2020 Call to Counsel National Conference brought to you by the Association of Biblical Counselors. The conference kicks off April 23rd through the 25th at Doxology Bible Church located in Fort Worth, Texas. This year's specialized tracks include Introduction to Biblical Counseling, Depression, Domestic Abuse, Addiction, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Marriage, and Anxiety. Registration is open, so please register today at calledtocounsel.com. Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back in studio for our last episode of Spiritual Disciplines. We're going to be talking about, in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about accountable relationships and how, uh, as uh, counselors and, and working with our counselees, uh, making sure during our data gathering that we're finding out what their church life looks like, that they have accountable relationships, that they're not just uh, flying solo in their Christian faith. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And before we get started, Shauna, how are we doing? Good. These have been some really good podcasts. I've really enjoyed them and and uh, and just really praying that they're helpful for those who have been listening. So I, I just think these, I think really we could do a whole bunch of podcasts on this, you know, yeah. so I know this is our final one for today, but... There, there's just so many elements you could dig deeper. You yeah. Know, and but we're, so I know we're just kind of breaking surface for a lot. But. Yeah. Well, I would encourage to, if somebody has a thought and like, ah, I appreciate that, go, that go episode guys, but expand. man, can you talk about that yeah, more? Like, let us know us for sure at topics at speak the truth.org. So cool. Jeremy, how you doing, brother? Doing fantastic. Thank you. Goody, good, good, good. All right. Uh, so we are really, yeah, you're such a nerd. Yeah, is is that what it's called? Yeah. Was I trying too hard on that? Yeah. Should I throw in you another good? Good, so good, people good. can see that you have braces. Yeah. Because me and Jeremy have to look at your braces. I think people want to see that. Yeah. Right? I know. I look like fifteen again. The only thing missing is acne, right? <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, back to uh, no the spiritual- banter for today. Well, I know we're on a time constraint, oh, so okay. I want to honor that. Michael's Our brother Jeremy's fun. got some uh, some other engagements he needs to get to, so. I'm uh, putting your business all out there, Jeremy. You like that? Yeah. Okay. He's so important. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. I'm but sort of a big I'm deal. I'm sort of a big deal. People know me. <laughs> People. <laughs> um, He's like, stop it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Spiritual discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritual discipline. So I would encourage you, um, if you're just tuning in, uh, we had previously, uh, last episode, we talked about, uh, the spiritual discipline of a, a praying life and what that looks like, uh, obviously as individuals. And then also in the counseling context as counselors to our counselees. And then before that, we started off with, we started off with scripture, um, being the spiritual discipline. Obviously, um, there's a lot to say to that. Um, the word of God is living and active as Jeremy shared in that, uh, in that podcast, um, Hebrews four twelve, and then, uh, looking at second Timothy three sixteen, and just understanding the importance of knowing God's word and getting the word of God into us. So I would encourage you guys to go check out those podcasts on the spiritual disciplines. And we're going to wrap this up with, Again, accountable relationships uh, with their counselees. I definitely, um, and I've stated this in the last couple of podcasts as well, but definitely have had a lot of men um, in my counseling room where in talking with them and, and 
obviously gathering some data on what's going on and the things that they're working through and how busy they are and work stresses and all these things. And then when we get to the, we get to the conversation of, you know, what's their church life look like? Do they have any brothers uh, that they, that they meet with that they can actually, you know, hash this stuff out and pray and, and confess and, and do all the one anotherings that we're called to do in scripture in a, you know, men to men context. Um, most of them don't have, that context. And so, uh, that's obviously something that we try to promote and, and really not just promote, but, you know, really kind of push and, and, and really hold these, these men accountable, at least I do in my sessions. And so that's kind of what we want to talk about today. And with that, I wanted to start with, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verses 23 and 25. And a lot of us, you know, you know, a lot of us who are in church, we, we typically think of this verse and we're like, oh yeah, that's, you know, not neglecting to meet together. That means, you know, I got to go to church. Well, it goes beyond uh, the church because actually when you look at the book of Hebrews in context, uh, what was going on at the time, they didn't have church buildings necessarily. They had a few synagogues here and there, but they were typically meeting in homes. Uh, as Paul says in Acts where, you know, I, I didn't neglect speaking to you in public, but I also went from house to house. Uh, so a large majority of this context is people going, uh, neglecting and not doing life with each other uh, would be kind of more of a modern way to, to say that is people not doing life with each other as believers and kind of doing this, uh, this, uh, this Christian life as Han Solo, you know, just approaching this Christian life with you know what? I got my wife. I got my kids. I pop in and pop out at church, and that's the extent of it. Well, mm. uh, that's not healthy, and that's not what God has called us to. So we wanna we wanna talk about that today and encourage our counselors so to. Can I read it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, Hebrews ten twenty three through twenty five. So let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And obviously the day drawing near what he's talking about, that's a, that's a eschatological statement or an end times like, you know, um, the Lord's coming back and, um, you know, every day it's another day closer to his return. And so that's imminent. And so therefore we need to be together, mm. right? And how, oh boy, how we live differently when we have that, you know? Oh man, I, a, I can't a, even. In the, t- in the forefront of our mind. Yeah. Well, eternally minded, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the idea, especially uh, when Paul's talking to, to Timothy in Second Timothy, he's kind of talking about that too, um, the day, you know, the days are evil, the time is here, you know, and all this stuff is happening, you know, therefore keep pressing in and keep doing it. That's, you know, that's my, uh, that's but the my worldly worries, the things that we really get all worked up about when we're eternally minded. I think we can stop in the moments and realize like, Oh, this really isn't a big deal. Yeah. You know? And the final analysis, yeah, yeah it's definitely it really not a, is, yeah. a big deal. Um, just really quick, just sharing even personally. Um, and then, you know, if you guys have some, some personal thoughts on that, but you know, just looking at in my position as a discipleship pastor and largely being responsible for trying to generate and uh, get really disciple making happening in our church. And, and that's really kind of largely what, what I'm trying to do. And so when I'm in the counseling context, that's always a huge, uh, a huge point of conversation for me because, um, you know, them coming uh, to us, you know, cause you know, in, in counseling, especially for a, you know, parachurch ministry, uh, like Truth Renewed or ABC or Metroplex Counseling or, you know, wherever somebody's receiving that help, that can't replace the church, Mm-mm. right? 
And so uh, I think oftentimes with our counselees, we forget that. But for me personally, having discipling relationships where I've got three or four men uh, that I, I've I've actually given permission to examine my life and speak into my life to where, you know, I'm, I'm sharing things. So, I mean, even as a biblical counselor, if Sean and I are at odds or if I'm struggling with something, like I can talk with him about it. There's nothing new there, Sean, so we don't need What? <laughs> we don't struggle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, but I think that's... Wait, why did Jeremy laugh so much on that? Because <laughs> he no sees comment. it firsthand. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, seriously, just uh, having having. I mean, even with women. Um, but what's interesting is I do find that women tend to to do far more of that. You know, grabbing coffee with mm-hmm. girlfriends or whatever. But I don't know. Even in that, like, if the if those are still like those true intimate relationships, I don't know. You maybe you can speak to that, Shauna. But uh, it seems on the surface that women do a far better job at that than men do. Um, you know, and I, obviously I'm kind of saying that, you know, as a pastor looking, you know, in the context of the congregational life, but, um, it just seems like that's the way it appears on the surface. So anyway, for me, that, that's a huge, huge point that I, I really try to bring back into the counseling room. So that's another reason why I wanted to talk about it, uh, today in this podcast. Okay. So any, any thoughts, uh, have, have you guys experienced that where you, in talking with your counselees where maybe it's come up that you, you, you know, it's quickly realized that. And these people don't, this person doesn't have a, a church life. Um, you know, like any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. And even someone that's really committed to going to church every Sunday, Yeah. uh, you know, they come to counseling with this mindset of, uh, I need to work out my issues just with me and my therapist, so to speak. That's just kind of the yeah. culture that we yeah. live in. And so being able to navigate with that with them, data gathering, like you talked about last time, you know, what, what's the reason that you may be hesitant to get close to people in the church? Sometimes people have been hurt by the church or by people in the church. So we want to be very uh, mindful of that and help them talk through that, but also giving them a little bit of a, of an education of what biblical transformation looks like, that it's not just you and a counselor sitting alone, uh, working through your, your issues by yourself, but God has put in our presence, the body of Christ to do exactly what we just read there. So I I see that a lot. You know, people have this mindset of counseling. It's just this one-on-one or the couple and the counselor, uh, and they fail to recognize the broader context of the body of Christ. That's very essential uh, to the transformation process. That's good. It's good. Yeah. I think, you know, when you asked um, before about just some of the conversations, I think that there is a natural fellowship among women I don't necessarily think that it's always, and there could be a level of transparency too, right? We can just let, let it kind of flow a little bit more naturally as maybe men protect some of the things that they're struggling with a little bit more. And and I think that there are like legit worldly fears that kind of comes, especially in leadership, like admitting that you're struggling with pornography and things like that. That's, that's a difficult topic, right? Um, But from, from a woman's standpoint, I think one of the things that I see is um, not really the, the woman that's being transparent and sharing the issue or the struggle, but more so the friend who tells the, the girl what she wants to hear versus truly delivering the edification that I think scripture talks about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sometimes we need, we think loving our sister is encouraging her and affirming the thoughts that she has. Does that make sense? And oftentimes where you see whether true friendships are lasting and sisterhood is lasting is when we can deliver that tough love in, in, in the hopes of, of, of building up, right? 
but as hard as it is that it's received in a way that strengthens the friendship versus saying, well, you didn't tell me what I wanted to hear, or man, that was a little, that was hard to hear. And, and therefore I'm not going to seek their advice anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, so, so what I, what I, my hope and prayer uh, for the women in my influence and all those that I get to encourage is to not be afraid to have those tough conversations and not, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to communicate what the person wants to hear. I want to communicate what the Lord is leading me to deliver. Does that make sense? Whether that's, e- even if that is the cost of losing this friendship. And that's a tough decision for women to make. Yeah, I think Proverbs it's talks hard. a little bit about that very point, right? Yeah. Like a good friend is one who really does speak right truth yeah. even if it hurts yeah. but it heals a whole lot better yeah i'm totally paraphrasing that proverb but that's essentially what it's yeah. saying for example you know maybe they're saying something about their husband and maybe your conversation isn't really affirming what she's thinking about the spouse but more so saying well have you actually considered what he's saying here you know yeah. and that's that's again it's just a hard so those are the types of like one another when i read the scripture and stuff and then neglecting to meet together. I think that our, our, our society is getting so busy with these worldly things that we're not, we're not really making it a priority to have these types of intentional fellowship and that, that we need. That's, that's where I'm going. Where um, going. yeah. And, and that's what I find. Um, and just really quick before I kind of piggyback off that, Shauna, have you experienced in, uh, you know, your counseling room with these women where you found that, you know, this, this woman's really struggling and she really doesn't have any women in her life or any women in her church that could come along and support her. You know, in counseling, we talk a lot about having somebody, you know, to even coming into counseling. Like there's a lot of that practice where it's like you're bringing somebody into that counseling room with you so that they can essentially walk with you outside of the counseling room, right? To, to kind of be that person. Have you experienced kind of some of that? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think a good practical example is like, you know, there, there was, you know, back in the day when we were asked to, to serve in the youth ministry and where our schedule would allow us to invest that time on a Wednesday evening, I knew that that wasn't wise for us because I knew that investing in the youth ministry goes beyond Wednesday evening. Like you have to live life with these kids. I think to truly make an investment and to be not neglecting to meet one another is not just that Wednesday night small group time, but going to their games, you know, meeting them individually, not just in the group of the girls to really hear their heart and walk with them on the things that they're really walking through. Right. I think we can easily hear that and relate and say, that makes sense. It's the same concept with our sisters. You know, it's, a, you know, you, you are at a table discussion at a women's Bible study and you're going to make time to come to that at Bible study Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, whenever it is. But the conversations and meeting them after the Bible study is what's not happening. And because we're so busy and stretched thin that we're not really truly fully and in depth investing and living life with the women in our life that can make that lasting impact and to build the sisterhood and the friendship that's needed in order to edify and speak into these types of conversations. That makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's what's, uh, that's what's missing. And that's what we're, uh, what to your question of, of maybe what I'm experiencing when, you know, women um, haven't built those types of friendships. Yeah. You know, Jeremy, it's, um, it's interesting, you know, cause um, you know, you're a Presby brother. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, and, but the, the church does, the Presbyterian church does things a little differently, right? In terms of congregational life. Um, and I was just kind of curious, could you share a little bit about how, how, um, 
in your experience, um, how y'all did y'all have community groups or like what, what, how does, how does the community do life with each other? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. So several things in our particular congregation, PCA church, uh, here in Fort Worth is definitely, uh, several years back began to do community groups, uh, every Sunday just gives people a great time to get together and fellowship, be real and be honest and uphold each other, you know, during times of struggle encouraging one another in times of struggle. They also uh, do regular like men's events, a men's breakfast or a get together at night for the men as well as the women. So uh, our church really works hard to get that communal reality going on yeah. in the lives of the people. Yes. Yeah, that's good. And so, yeah, I just, you know, again, um, just from a pastoral perspective is, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that, that's my biggest struggle. You know, and the, and the church is getting, you know, obviously both men and women. Um, but here's what I know, you know, from a from a theological, biblical perspective, that the men are the ones that are called to lead their homes um, and support in ways that uh, that God has called us to. And most men don't know how to do that. And is it is it reduced to the church isn't doing a good job of that? Or, Shauna, is it to more of your point, which is what I wanted to get back to, is is it because we really truly are way too busy. And I think it comes back to the point that you were making about in your uh, Colossians three perspective of seeking the things above instead of seeking things that are below and realizing that there are certain things Jesus says, we're going to, we're going to be persecuted for our faith. I mean, that that's the idea. And when we think persecution, we think, well, that's somebody hating against what I believe. No persecution is like, because of my belief in Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus Christ, like there's things that I probably need to say no to, that are actually more edifying to my soul mm. uh, and that'll allow me to be, they're not necessarily wrong things um, to go to first Corinthians six, where Paul's talking about, you know, everything is lawful, but not everything is profitable. Um, and just, and so when I'm talking to these men, even in counseling and trying to take them to their local church context is, man, what do you need to say no to? Because when they're too busy, it's like, I understand you're too busy, but, your busyness is is causing you to struggle in your marriage. Like it's literally frustrating the the most important relationships in your life. The relationships that should be most edifying are now the most eroding and frustrated. So all of a sudden, this idea of getting in more accountable relationships now all of a sudden has a has some street value in reality to what we're doing in the counseling room. So to our to our counselors out there, just talking about the importance of getting people, men and women, whoever you're counseling, the importance of getting them involved in in a community group, or you know, uh, if if church, there's churches out there that have you know D groups as well. There's large group environments, there's medium group environments, and there's small group environments. And our people need to be doing life with one another, as the scripture suggests. So again, uh, to our counselors, I would just encourage you to to make this a priority in your counseling to talk about to definitely make it a talking point about people having accountable relationships, having church life, that they don't have this uh, false dichotomy of their immediate families and then their church family. Mm. Um, And oftentimes, usually at least in the context of counseling, when they've come to us, they've, 
you know, because as they struggle, they, they, excuse me, as I'm saying distance, I'm distancing myself from the <laughs> mic, but, um, as they, as they're going through things, they distance themselves from the church mm. and it's those very relationships that could actually help sustain them as we need each other. I mean, that's the point of the text. And, um, so again, I, I, I don't think I can overstate it enough. It is, it is very important, uh, to make this a priority in the counseling room as we're working with our counselees on making sure that they have those relationships. And then, and if they don't, we can work through giving them a plan. Um, and that's actually a, a podcast that I think that we can kind of give more how-tos on how to prepare those type of things. Shani, you have a thought? Well, I think that one of the things I, I also think is hindering relationships and, and this one another, really all the one, the way that the one another scriptures obviously speak to the Bible. I think one of the things that's hindering our culture right now is, is just like social media yeah. and people are building relationships through text messages. You know, we want to think it's just millennials, but it's not. Um, it's all of us because, you know, it is, it, you know, God, God created us with boundaries And I think what we're doing is in social media and text messages is we do extend ourselves to try to create relationships with several people. And if you take, say, back in the day when there wasn't cell phone and social media, what did we have? We had the few that were around us. You had to physically go to a person. And so all of our time (laughs) was invested in that, you know, going to their homes and um, being more intentional in schools. You know, when I wanted to see my friends and catch up my friends, I didn't have a cell phone like they do today, texting and and Snapchat and all this stuff. Like I was intentional in person. When we met at school in between classrooms at lunch break, hey, let's get together afterwards. You had to do those types of things to invest in the friendships. So I, I, I think that one of the things that would be important is to encourage your counselor, your counselees to really do a, a inventory on their, their friendship list, how much time they're actually investing in these things. Now our phone even tells us how much we're on social media. Screen right? time. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and really pray about singling out a couple of girls or men, singling out the particular men uh, in your life and being more intentional and, and, and helping them think through how can you be more intentional in those relationships to really invest in that. One of the things that a lot of counseling centers are doing now, or even in the church, is asking your counselees to bring an advocate with you. So when you actually have a, you're going through something really tough, this is this is great with men specifically. Let's say you are struggling with, say, pornography, which is, which is something that's very difficult to walk through. Your wife necessarily shouldn't be your accountability partner. So, you know, men counselors and pastors saying, hey, you need bring an advocate with you to our next session and, and really talk to the both of them and encourage the advocate how to support. And, and, you know, you're really counseling them because a lot of people just don't know, they want to help, but they don't know what to do. Right. So then when women or men, when, when we're counseling and we have those advocates coming, now you're naturally being able to counsel and strengthen the friendship that's in front of you, the sister and brotherhood that's there. And I think that's such a wonderful thing because we are getting so far, our, our eyes are trying to reach too many and we really need to focus on that that core team around us, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And you know what I would what I would say is, you asked a question earlier, Michael. You said, "What can the church do?" You know, obviously we are the church. You know, so of course should pastors, you know, teach about this from the stage and and bring in some of the one another text and really give life to that and what that actually means from a practical standpoint. But more importantly, I think those who are listening now that you've heard this message, you're accountable to this truth. And so what I would say is, start with the influence around you. Yeah. Let 
that multiply out through your church body. And so everybody that you get to intentionally invest in will naturally pour out into others. I had a girlfriend ask me one time that she was seeking friends, friendship in a particular level. And she was looking at who are those friends out there and how can that impact me? And this is what I desire and what I want. That's such a healthy desire. And I was like, yes, amen, sister. I think that's such a great uh, desire to have. But what kind of friend are you right now? And so where I encouraged her is to think about the virtues and the characters and the friendship that she was offering to her friends. And then through that, it's naturally going to be reciprocated, right? So therefore, she now all of a sudden started getting those types of friends in her life because she was being that friend. And so sometimes offering that difference in perspective in your counseling sessions can be very helpful in bringing the one another. So I don't know if that's helpful, but. No, that's good. That's good. So thank you for listening. We're glad you were with us and and gave us some time. And again, I would encourage you guys to go back and listen uh, to the other two podcasts that talk about these spiritual disciplines. Anything you want to talk about specifically, get us at topics at speakthetruth.org. We'll see you later.